This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 78, How Stress and Anxiety Affect Your Body. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my loves. Today, we're going to talk about how stress and anxiety affect the body. But first, if you've been liking my podcast, please go over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and review. It helps the podcast be found by more people. And I do put a lot of time and effort and love into each podcast. So I would really appreciate it if you've been liking it, if you could take a few moments to give back. All right. So for hundreds of years, there's been this belief that the mind and body are separate and that when you have things like pain or disease in your body, that it's because something in your body is broken. But what I want to talk today about is how emotions like stress and anxiety can show up physically in your body. Some of our thoughts produce neurochemicals that produce changes in the body, like dopamine for rewards, or for stress and anxiety, the common neurochemicals produced and released are cortisol and adrenaline. So thoughts, subconscious or conscious, neural activity produces these neurochemicals that create changes in the body. Cortisol and adrenaline are produced during stress and anxiety as part of the stress response or fight or flight, which can be good for short amounts of time. But when the body is in a state of fight or flight, and producing these stress hormones for a longer period of time and chronically, then there are physiological changes that can happen with the body. That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so let's define stress first. Stress is when you perceive that there is a threat or that there are more demands placed on you than you have the ability to cope with. That is what causes the emotion of stress and the stress response. Not everyone feels stress about the same things. So it's not the things like the number of emails we have or the number of things on our to-do list or the thing that someone said that causes us stress, it's how we're perceiving it. Stress doesn't necessarily indicate danger. Someone might not be stressed about something that is dangerous or vice versa. So stress is based on how the person interprets the circumstances around them. Anxiety is defined as persistent, excessive worries that don't go away even when the stressor is gone. Anxiety is sometimes considered a reaction to prolonged stress. One definition I found is that anxiety is a sustained mental health disorder that can be triggered by stress. So stress begins, maybe the stressor at some point is removed, but the stress remains, and then it's classified as anxiety and a disorder. So again, there's that tendency to classify things in the body or the mind that have gone wrong as disorders. But when we really look at stress and anxiety, they're very closely related and related more to our thoughts. Stress is very common with people who have chronic pain. Remember, it's perceiving a threat or a danger or not believing you have the coping skills to handle what's in front of you. So a lot of people have fear about what's going on with their body. There might be limited activity because things that they used to be able to do now hurt. Financial implications, social implications. 
all of these ways of perceiving the situation could cause people stress. The other way that people with chronic disease have a lot of stress in their life is because they tend to have some personality traits where they put a lot of pressure on themselves. So people who are high achievers, who feel unworthy and need to do a lot of things in their life, people who are perfectionists and think they need to be perfect at everything, people pleasers who want everyone around them to be happy, all of these types of people put a lot of pressure and internal pressure on themselves. So we can be our own constant source of stress, even if there are not stressors outside of us in our environment. But knowing that stress and anxiety are emotions that come from our thoughts is really good news because this is what we work on as coaching, identifying our thoughts, being able to change our thoughts and knowing that changing our thoughts changes the results in our life. And anxiety is also in the family of conditions that can be worked on by this same approach that we use with chronic pain. Dr. Schubiner, who I've interviewed on the podcast before, has a book called Unlearn Your Pain and also has one called Unlearn Your Anxiety and Depression. So although anxiety and chronic pain may present a little differently, they can be treated the same way. Another good thing to know is that a lot of times there is this symptom imperative where when people are working on reprogramming their brain and they start to have a decrease in pain in one area, it can be common to have another symptom come up in a different part of the body, or a lot of people have anxiety that increases as they have this decrease in pain. And since I do mind and body work, this is exactly what I teach people is to tune into their thoughts on a deeper level and tune into their bodies for this insight. Now, since chronic stress and chronic anxiety both produce cortisol and adrenaline, a lot of the effects of chronic stress are the same as chronic anxiety. So if you think of the stress response, that fight or flight, there are a number of changes that happen physiologically in the body. You breathe more heavily and you pump more blood. So this can have respiratory and cardiovascular issues on the body when you're in fight or flight chronically. You could have a rapid heart rate, palpitations or chest pain. They could be coming from stress and anxiety and not from an actual heart defect or problem. Chronic stress and anxiety can also cause a risk of high blood pressure and heart disease. In fight or flight, the blood is diverted from the digestive and the respiratory organs to the arms and legs. Chronic stress and anxiety can cause heartburn, reflux, and increased risk of stomach ulcers. It can also affect the way you're processing food and absorbing. So chronic stress can lead to diarrhea or constipation. It can cause nausea, vomiting, or stomach ache. IBS or irritable bowel syndrome is a classic neural circuit type of disorder. It's highly influenced by stress. Now that I don't have ulcerative colitis actively anymore, I do have some irritable bowel syndrome that acts up sometimes. And guess when it always acts up? During times of stress. The reproductive system is affected with chronic stress and anxiety. There can be decreased libido, impotence. For women, stress can affect the menstrual cycle. It can lead to heavier, irregular, and more painful periods. Chronic stress can also magnify the physical symptoms of menopause. In fight or flight, 
the muscles are tensed and ready for action. But with chronic stress and anxiety, the muscles can become chronically tense. This can cause headaches, tension headaches, and migraines. Chronic stress can cause neck, arm, leg, back pain, body pain, body aches. There was even one resource I found that said unexplained aches and pains can be a symptom of chronic stress. As a physical therapist, I used to see it and think when people had chronic muscle tension that maybe they had some structural imbalances or some weaknesses or tightness. But now I think of it as the brain can cause muscle tension. Think about some time that you feel scared or you felt intimidated or you are in stress and there probably is some tensing and guarding and vigilance in your body. With many people, when we've talked about what's going on in their life and they've seen a new perspective on it, they physically feel lighter or some relaxation or they feel less stressed and less tense just as we are resolving some of their emotional issues because emotionally, when we feel stress, we tense up our body. The way they're teaching about chronic pain now at least in physical therapy schools, is the concept of central sensitization, which is the same type of thing I always talk about with neural circuit pain, neurogenic pain, neuroplastic pain, TMS, mind-body syndrome, whatever you like to call it. But basically it's that emotions and pain have overlapping neural circuits. And when you feel high emotions like fear, stress, anxiety, frustration, then your brain can activate those neural networks that produce pain that's felt in your body. So chronic stress and anxiety can cause real physical pains in your body. It can also weaken your immune system, making it more difficult for you to fight off infection or illness. With the fight or flight reaction, the liver produces extra glucose to give you a boost of energy. But when you're in chronic stress or fight or flight, then the extra glucose may not be processed well in your body and you may be at higher risk for type 2 diabetes. Sleep disturbances and insomnia are common effects of stress and anxiety. Fatigue, which could be from insomnia, but also just a generalized feeling of fatigue is common with people who have high stress and anxiety levels. Stress and anxiety can cause skin problems like rashes and hives. And chronic cortisol levels being high in our system can actually increase systemic inflammation. And so many painful issues are associated with high inflammation. So in addition to checking out your diet, I would really recommend checking out your stress and anxiety levels if you're concerned about inflammation. I found an interesting article about how chronic stress and anxiety could actually mimic neurological conditions like multiple sclerosis, Lyme disease, and brain tumors. Here are the neurological type of symptoms that can be produced in the body by stress and anxiety. Tingling of the hands and feet. This can be caused by high adrenaline or rapid and shallow breathing. Anxiety can mimic nerve pain. Chronic anxiety can lead to lightheadedness and dizziness, difficulty standing, feeling as if one's legs didn't work. Chronic anxiety can cause vision problems both from things like migraines, but also increased pupil dilation might cause sensitivity to light. Chronic cortisol from stress and anxiety can cause memory loss. It can cause lack of focus and concentration. And if all of that isn't crazy enough for you, 
they've actually found at Johns Hopkins University that people could have symptoms similar to seizures. In fact, many of them misdiagnosed with seizure disorders, and they found with about a third of the people that it's not electrical discharges from the brain that are initiating that seizure activity, but actually stress that is triggering those same seizure-like behaviors. These patients showed uncontrollable movements, far off stairs and convulsions, as if they were having a seizure, but they were found to be stress-related behaviors that were misdiagnosed as seizures. So our thoughts that are causing us stress and anxiety are important to be evaluated because chronic stress and anxiety can cause these types of physical changes to our bodies. We can treat them as pains and diseases, but if they're not healing, if they're not going away, that's a good indication that it's not from a physical problem, that there's more going on. And one of the most likely culprits is stress and anxiety. For many of us, it feels normal to have a certain amount of stress. It feels a little bit unsafe even to think about not being as stressed. Like if we're not as stressed about things, then somehow it will leave us more vulnerable or we'll be unsafe. But stress does not equal safety. In fact, quite the opposite if it's having these negative effects on our bodies. Stress is a normal thing in our society. I remember I was probably in about seventh grade and my sister in about fourth grade, and she had a folder that she had written stress on. And I kind of laughed and I thought, oh my gosh, she is only in fourth grade and she thinks she feels stress. Like wait till she gets to seventh grade. So, I mean, I remember thinking about stress even as a child. Remember stress is our perception of danger or lack of ability to cope. So we don't get out of stress by eliminating all of the potential stressors in our lives. There will be stress in life, but we'll have less stress if we believe that we are able to cope. I had such a great example of that this last week with one of my clients. She's been struggling with some back pain for several months. And as we were working together, her pain was decreasing. She was taking less medicine, but she also just felt like she wasn't quite getting better and that maybe this is something that was wrong with her back or that she would just have the rest of her life. We had a great session. I sent her some podcasts. I don't know exactly what even happened because I haven't talked to her yet, but she texted me and told me something so interesting that was relevant. She said she'd had a big shift. Her pain was down to a zero or one most of the time. She even had started running unexpectedly to chase after her son and felt zero pain. And when I asked her about what that big shift was, this is what she said. I've been thinking a lot about what shifted. I think I started to truly believe I can take care of myself in work, in motherhood, in wifehood. When she felt like she had the ability to cope, then she had less stress and less pain. If you identify as someone that has a lot of anxiety and stress in your life, or if you're not sure that you feel very stressed, but you have some of the conditions that I talked about, if you're curious if this might apply to you more, then right now you can schedule a free 60-minute one-on-one consult call with me where we can go over your specific situation and I can give you tips and advice to start working on your healing journey. And if you are ready to take this work, apply it into your life for six months with me and a small group, that is coming up soon. Don't miss your chance. Get on the email list. You can email me at info at bodyandmindlifecoach.com. 
And I'll be sure and get you all the information. You can also follow me on social media, Body and Mind Life Coach, and you'll get all of the information there. All right, my loves, have a great week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.